So the elders shared with me the uh, day that we were going to do the commitment cards. And they said, on that day, we'd like a sermon on giving. And I said, oh, yay. (laughs) And so I put together my idea for the sermon on giving and I presented it. I said, we're going to use the text found in Acts chapter five, the story of Ananias and Sapphira. I'll have Jeff get all the kids rounded up and put them on the porch as everybody came in with pitchforks and spade shovels. And then what I'd essentially do is bring you all in here and tell you, well, either give or die. And we're ready for you. We got a whole yard out here. We'll just start the Heartland Cemetery. But then I read the text. And I came to realize the text has a much different story than that. Church, it's not about the money. It's about the choice. So this morning's sermon title is The Choice is Yours. Yours alone. And we're going to stay focused on that all the way through. And I hope that when we leave here, what I leave you with is a choice. One that you'll pray about. One that you'll embrace. And so that's the attempt that I'll make this morning. If you look at the book of Acts and you begin in Acts 1 and you see the beginnings of the church, the Lord's church. And then in Acts chapter 2, you see how the church is thriving. And that you see that the church is a place that people want to be. The people are praying together. They're eating together. They're studying together. They're sharing together. When there's a need, they join together and meet that need. The church in Acts chapter 2 is a really cool place. And as you go into Acts 3 and Acts 4, you see the church is it's beginning to grow. But all of a sudden, in chapter 5, we're introduced to a growing pain. Let's take a look at the text together. Acts chapter five, and we're going to read about the first ten verses here. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Keep in mind, they're going through the process here of selling off their things and giving it as people have need. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that you that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You've not only lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died in great fear Seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, this is the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that's the price. Peter said to her, how could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look. The feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they'll carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church. And all who heard about these events. You know, when we read this text, we see. The power, the hurt, the damage of a lie. 
even deeper than that, we see the effect that a choice can have in this sense negative. But it can also be positive in this sense, it's negative. This lie, this choice that Ananias and Sapphira make have a long lasting impact. First, Ananias's choice. It impacts him and his wife and the church. It causes fear in the church. For some, I imagine it caused doubt. It caused doubt in the church. This this choice that they had, this choice that they made caused problems for not just themselves, but for other death to one leads to an effect on another. I want us to think about that and remember that this morning as we go through this this sermon on choices, spiritual death leads to effect on others. And especially when it happens within your church family. In recent weeks, we have seen the we've seen scripture that God has provided a savior in Jesus. And a counselor in the Holy Spirit, you can go back to the sermon just prior to Christmas. We talked about Emmanuel, God with us, God's gift of Jesus in our lives. And just last week, we talked about the gift of the counselor, the Holy Spirit, God's gift to us as a counselor. John 13 and 14. We talked about this in text. There's another blessing that God gave us. He blesses us by giving us a choice. He blesses us by allowing us to choose what, who we follow and how we follow. Consider this for just a second. He's given us everything we need to be empowered to be faithful. He's given us everything we need to be empowered to be righteous, to be saved, to be redeemed. God's given all of that in blessing. But we have to make a choice as to whether or not we will embrace that. That's our choice, and it's our choice alone. And that is a blessing. No one wants to be in slavery. No one wants to be in slavery to evil, but we also don't want to be enslaved to God. We want to have a relationship with God. We don't want to we don't want to. Have that that relationship with God because we have to. We want to we want to see it as though we get to have that relationship with God. That's a blessing. Something so important to remember, but we have to embrace that, you know, here in in just a, uh, just this past Wednesday night. But moving forward, we have a class being offered on Wednesday night called Embrace Grace. And a couple of the sisters here in the congregation have decided to provide this class for for unexpected mothers, a part of our culture and society that often gets pushed aside and gets shamed to the point that they think there's no hope. And this class is designed to give these young women hope and and to teach them that they can reconnect through grace and mercy and forgiveness with God. But they have to embrace that, thus embrace grace. And we have to embrace our blessing. And this morning, I want to, I'm talking about the blessing of choice. Now, God gave warning to his church of the consequences of being lukewarm in their choices. Francis Chan said these words, he wants all or nothing The thought of a person calling himself a Christian without being a devoted follower of Christ is absurd. 
So we have to choose whether we're going to be devoted, whether we're going to follow in entirety, whether we're going to be obedient. It's a choice that we get to make. That is a blessing. But understand, it's the responsibility that you and I carry together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So when we say we're going to encourage each other, what are we encouraging each other toward? Part of it's toward those choices, making the choice to be faithful, making the choice to be obedient. Look at this verse that's shared in Revelation. It says to the angel of the Lord of the church in Laodicea, write: These are the words of the amen, the faithful and the true witnesses, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, nor neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. God does not like us to be lukewarm. He doesn't like to see lukewarm faith in our choices to choose one day to be faithful, but to choose the next day to not be faithful, to choose in one circumstance that we like to be faithful and to choose in another circumstance because maybe we don't like it to not be faithful. God does not like lukewarm disobedience. And he warns us against it. And he warns us that if, if we practice this in our faith, we're in danger of being spat out. Culture doesn't even like this. Watch this video example and you'll see what the, the world around us thinks about lukewarm. We're in Hollywood, California. We're going to be asking people how they like their coffee. Hot, lukewarm or cold. Join me. Can I just ask you a very quick question? Uh, if I was going to give you a cup of coffee now, would you like it to be hot, lukewarm, or ice cold? I like it hot. I like it hot. Ice cold. Do you like it hot, lukewarm, or cold? I like it hot. I would like it hot. <laughs> I, got a question, I got a question for you, Miss Monroe. Hot, lukewarm, or ice cold? Ice cold. Hot. Ice cold. Hot. hot. Very hot. Cold. Mostly I like it really hot. Cold. You like cold coffee? <laughs> I think the police might have been called cool. Hot. Hot. Oh, Thank you very much. Cool. Nice cold, baby. Hot. Hot! Woo! Yes, you guys didn't drink coffee. <laughs> so this is this way. Oh, ice, ice cold, no. I think he likes it hot. Hot. You like it hot, so not so much lukewarm. Never. So if I was going to give you a, a cup of lukewarm coffee, would you be disappointed? Yeah. You don't like lukewarm coffee? No. No. Lukewarm coffee. I've got a quick, quick question. Dad, do you like your coffee boiling hot, lukewarm, or cold? Okay. He's, he's at hot. Well, there you have it. You saw for yourself. A lot of people like hot coffee, and a lot of people like cold coffee. It's weird that no one likes lukewarm coffee, isn't it? sense that we are created in God's image, it makes sense that we wouldn't like something lukewarm. Have you ever been called away from your desk or called away from your your work and you've, you've laid a cup of coffee down and you come back and you think, man, it's just been a short period of time and you grab it and you go to and you just I mean, it's like you, you want to spit it out of your mouth because it's not hot. I love hot coffee. You give me one of those McDonald's iced coffees. It's going out the window. I like cold coffee. 
I like it one way or the other. Nothing in between. God wants us to be hot. And if we're cold, he wants to know because he wants to intervene in our lives. But God does not like lukewarm because if we're lukewarm in our choices, who's in charge? If we're being faithful one day and then deciding to be faithful the next day, who's in charge of that? Right? We're making that choice. We're responsible for those choices. I want us to consider that today because there's two very important measures of faith. I didn't say the most important measures, but they're two very important measures. Obedience and giving. We talk about measurable outcomes. Part of our part of our faith can be measured by our obedience and giving and the two go together. The two go together because our giving demonstrates our obedience. The superficial meaning of Ananias and Sapphira versus the deeper meaning is what we're considering here this morning. A big part of being obedient is being truthful. Ananias and Sapphira were not obedient in that they lied. It wasn't about the amount of money. It was about the choice not to be truthful with themselves and with God, and especially God. On a personal testimony, I felt this pain before when it comes to giving. You know, I've, I've sat at a point in my life where I've had to evaluate, and I figured out, you know, I wasn't giving like I should have been giving. I want to give you an example. Back in our church, our home church in Indiana, I was still in tool and die the tool and die trade and just started kind of working back into church. And I remember that there was a missionary that came through that we had to discontinue our support to because the congregation's uh, finances were coming down. And I remember thinking to myself and and going and talking to one of the elders and saying, you know, why do we quit supporting brother so and so in 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 China? I said, that doesn't make sense to me. He's doing good work. I People are being baptized and everything else. He said, well, he said, it's just a dollar and cents issue. I said, well, if it's just a dollar and cents issue, why didn't you just ask? We could all give a little more. He said, well, why aren't you giving a little more anyway? Then we wouldn't have to ask. If you have it to give, why aren't you giving? We can have the discussion as to what's right and what's wrong. We've got to make a choice first to give. Not just time or not just money. This also this also is the same with time. With your talents. Brother Herb alluded to it. There's other ways to do ministry other than money. In fact, money in itself doesn't do a whole lot until you put some elbow grease behind it. But it 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 demonstrates our obedience. The bottom line is that we have to choose to be obedient in faithful manners. I want to give you just a couple of things to take home this week as you consider making your choice as to what you'll do with giving moving into the future and as as what you and how you will support the works of the congregation here at Heartland. I want to start in 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. And, and I want you to understand when I say I'm going to use the word in this text. The Bible uses the word rich. Well, here's the deal. In our culture, most all of us are rich. If, if you look at us compared to the world, we're all rich. 
Okay, so we're all kind of in this boat. I'm not pointing out anybody here that maybe wears a nicer tie than I do or something like that. I'm in the boat with you. I'm rich, too. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So the first choice that I want you to consider this week is this. Choose to give in such a way that builds you up for the next life, eternal life. Don't don't enter into eternity with regrets about what you gave in this world, in this life. Whether it's your time, whether it's your talent or whether it's your money. Don't don't sit one day at judgment and have to give answer to something you wish you would have done different. Make the right choice today. The choice is yours. Yours alone. Second, consider this. Second Corinthians nine, verse seven. We've heard this voice many a time in our um, our time of contribution in in communion at the conclusion of communion. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And God does love us when we make the choice to give from our heart and to give cheerfully and to give abundantly. God loves that. Of course, he loves that because then his people are equipped to do his work. And people who have joy in giving tend to invest in that giving where your treasure is there to your heart shall be. So make an investment, consider making the choice to increase your joy in God in his church family, your involvement. By considering what you'll give and making making a faithful choice, being obedient in that choice, demonstrating your love for God in that choice. Church, I want to acknowledge something that I, that I think is important. I want to acknowledge that I think it's realized that the choice is yours. You know, that's known well in the church. Anybody that's that's worked with the church for any amount of time will tell you when when the church makes decisions. People talk with their feet and their wallets before they'll talk in any other way. You'll notice their feelings of a decision by whether or not they're there or whether or not they're contributing before you'll notice it in any other way. Make a different choice. Make a choice to give and then and then come sit down and be part of the conversation. Make a choice to support and and come come talk about where you'll join in, where you'll begin to build a ministry to reach out. And let's work together to make the community a better place by making the right choice with our giving and being committed to our giving. There's another choice that God gives us that's that's greater than all these. And that's the choice that we get to make to walk to him. 
to give our lives to him. We we acknowledged Carter and, and Jacob and what a glorious night that was. What a glorious day and night it, it always is when we see someone give their life to Christ. And this morning, I know that there's those in here who have not, not been baptized into Christ. You're not you're not operating with the blessing of the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've not acknowledged Jesus to the depth in your life that he's actually there. We're passing that up. Embrace that gift. Embrace that blessing. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in some of these choices that God's that God gives us. Or maybe you've made that choice somewhere along the way and, and because of life circumstances, you've gotten away from that choice. That, that choice seems like a distant memory. Rejuvenate that choice today. Reclaim it. Embrace the forgiveness and the grace that God provides, that God so free, freely gives to us. Don't go another day in that bondage. Come back. Come home. Make that choice today because the choice is yours. And it's yours alone. No one else can make it for you. Please come while we stand and sing.